Broadcasting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia, this is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jennifer Thomas and Peter Lynch. And uh, let's move on. Finance, finance. Uh, we've got a story this week we wanted to, to share with our audience Um Circumstances involve uh, a couple of folks, Hugh and Gracie, who really want to protect their short-term money. Uh, they've got um, an emergency fund that they want to keep very liquid, which is what an emergency fund should be. Um, at the end of the year, they bumped up their emergency fund, knowing that uh, the market was uh, showing some volatility ahead. Uh, they know too well uh, how life goes. Usually at the very worst time is when you're going to get hit with these things. Uh, and, and usually if you've got an emergency fund, there really is no good time, right? Uh, they can't decide what's best for the emergency fund. Is it? Uh, uh, it's normally three months of expenses, but they bumped it up to six, um, which in their case is a little over $100,000 uh, of expenses would be covered in six months. Uh, they really need to protect the money and its purchasing power, but uh, also don't want to take the risk which is, um, you know, quite often, especially over the last few years, you couldn't get short-term rates that would uh, beat inflation. And when we talk about covering purchasing power, that's precisely what we're talking about, an amount that that covers the expenses and inflation on the the money that's held. So uh, you guys, being financial planners, and I use the term guys loosely, Jennifer, we all know you're not a guy, <laughs> um, but uh, just want to see what your take might be on this. I know uh, rates have come up, and we even talked about them being a little higher this week than they were last week or a couple of weeks ago. Um, but what's available in the market, and and how would you go about covering this? Uh, I think one of the one thing to mention is uh, interest rates are still low, so relatively speaking, right. they have come up. They are more attractive, but they're still low overall. So, again, a great time to borrow money if that's something that you need to do. But keeping it safe, uh, one thing that I like to, and I think this standard should change, is moving from the three-month to six months. I think that's just uh, a good idea to keep six months' worth worth of uh, spending in that emergency fund. Um, But looking at CD rates, CD rates are more attractive now. Um, You're getting to the point where, yes, they are higher than inflation. Um, They're FDIC insured for the most part, as long as you uh, keep the registrations where they need to be. Uh, So CD rates are attractive. Um, You can find them online, but you can typically, just looking at maybe a one-year CD, pretty close to 2.5%. Right. So so pretty decent. Um, And just remember that the main goal of this money isn't to necessarily get the best yield it's that the money's there when you need it so liquidity well one of the things that you know we often do with clients too is because you never know when that event's going to happen so if you lock it all up in a one-year cd then you know you have to break that cd in order to get out of that but if you can get in the habit of where maybe you have um, money that's coming due every month or every quarter so that you always have some cash on hand or some cash that's going to be there quickly, you know, in the near future instead of having to necessarily wait a year if you've just purchased it and then you were to lose your job. So if you can kind of roll the money, you know, you can uh, once you get it to where 
it can always be a one-year CD, but you have some that's coming due each month or each quarter. Yeah, so like a short-term ladder, if right. you Right. Uh, you Different start out, maturities. yeah. Yeah. So that you, you know, you get that fluctuation in the maturity so that there's always going to be some money coming due. The other thing that I would say is that, you know, yes, when you have a job and you're working and you know how much you can spend and you're spending, your budget is different than if you don't have a job. So if you're... Living expenses, you know, if you say you it's $100,000 for six months, I would venture to say that there's probably some things that you might be able to cut back in there. Yep. You know, like you're probably not going to go on vacation. You're probably, you know, there are certain things that you may or may not do. So if I would look at what your really hard expenses are because you also don't want to do detriment to the fact that you could have your portfolio growing for you if it's money that you're not really going to need. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Yeah, that seems like a, a little high, but that may be their situation. Right, it but, may be. But yeah, you're exactly right. Keeping a minimal amount for basic living expenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, um, uh, I think we probably ought to flesh out a little bit of the difference between a bank-type CD, which would have... Uh, penalties when you when you take it away from the mm-hmm. bank generally all of them do and uh, you know you can get traded um, yeah. CDs there are brokered CDs but even if you sell before maturity usually you get a little hit on some of the interest so you might you still yeah. get the interest that's been accrued in, right. the, in the CD so you know past numbers mm-hmm. and there's not a penalty it just depends on what how the market has moved, done. right? Yeah, how mm-hmm. the market might have moved. Right. So sometimes it might yeah. even be a better. Sometimes deal. it mm-hmm. could be better for you, but you know, um, just making sure, you know, even then we still, you know, look at trying to kind of have it sure. mature over. And there, there are some other things that you can consider as well. And so, uh, getting back to our previous conversation, we were talking about ways to uh, keep your emergency fund. Um, and Peter, you made the point. Uh, it's, it's not really about. Uh, protecting your purchasing power as much as it is being liquid. Now, there are some issues with that as well, right? Yeah, there are. And CDs are, I guess you could consider them somewhat liquid, but you may be tied up a little longer depending on the maturity that you choose. But there are some other options. Right. Um, Some may have a little bit lower interest rates, but are more liquid. Money markets, for example. Right. You still get the protection from the FDIC, um, but they are more liquid. There may be some... um, some caveats to that, or you may not be able to have um, access like you would a checking account. So there may be fewer withdrawals, um, but uh, it is something else, again, that's liquid, safe, and just another place to park your money. And these are the money market funds that you're talking about. They're, they're going to be from a bank normally? Yes. Yep. Uh, and they also have, there are money market mutual funds, right? There are. There and, are. and those could be a potential option as well. I know we had some changes since our last recession. Uh, the financial crisis of 2007-2008 actually brought the government into the picture, and uh, they made some changes where those money market mutual funds can actually break the buck, is what we call it. They can, and they typically try to maintain a dollar per share. Right, so the price being worth. a dollar. Exactly. Right. And like you said, in 2008, they did break the buck, meaning that dollar actually dropped in this particular case to 97 cents. Yeah. So if you had $100,000, 
this money market fund was worth $97,000. Right. And what generally drives that is uh, is a, almost like a, a run on banks, right? It's it, everybody wanting their own money back at the same time, right? Exactly. And that was the secondary piece of this. So inside that money market fund are multiple money markets, and one of them just happened to be linked to Lehman Brothers, who went under, and that's what caused it to break that buck. But then you had a run. So people right. got nervous. They all wanted to sell at the same time. And it wasn't just for that fund. Many others had the, had the same situation where everybody wanted their money back. Exactly. And then you have a liquidity crisis. So they right. actually locked up the fund for seven days, and uh, the run still continued after that. So yeah. they had to liquidate the fund completely. And some people didn't get their funds for right. many, many months. So what did the government do on the backside? Do you know? I, I know, but you know, I figure I'll ask you because it's a lot more fun just to see if you know. <laughs> well, uh, I, I know that there was... Uh, I know they did step in with some regulation. I don't know right. what the exact terms were. Yeah. But so they, what they did is on on uh, money market funds that are not government-related, uh, many of them are, are corporate-based, meaning that they're buying commercial paper and things that uh, that are tied to companies. Um, they, they do have a bit of a different risk profile, obviously, from government-type uh, money funds. And what they did was there's a couple of things you got to be careful of because – what you'll see is if you just go out shopping to buy the one that's got the best yield, you're going to wind up in, potentially in a pickle. Uh, the, the problem is they have now enacted certain things. Number one, uh, a money market mutual fund can break the dollar and still not have to close, which wasn't the case prior. Um, the other thing is uh, during uh, certain times, which is going to always be in the middle of a crisis, especially a liquidity crisis where banks are not willing to loan each other money, uh, you're going to have a situation where they can lock up, lock you out of getting your money for at least 10 days. And they can also charge you 2% on the money that you try to withdraw. So in both of those cases, you, you don't really hit the mark. Uh, it is our recommendation that you avoid those types. It, you know, there's always going to be an option where you can can get a, a government-type uh, money market fund. And really all it means is that government securities are, are held within that fund. So uh, that that's generally our recommendation uh, to avoid those. And then you've got other – there's other options as far as short-term money goes uh, with the uh, invent – a few years ago of all these ETFs, what we've been seeing is there are some uh, shorter-term uh, exchange-traded funds that are out there that uh, will give you a reasonable yield, uh, but they're all, I say all, most of their holdings, if not all, are uh, in treasury-backed securities. So, right. um, so very a, safe. Right. There's one that's out there. I think it's called the uh, Bloomberg uh, one- to three-year Treasury fund. One to three month? One to three, uh, yeah, month. Um, money fund, it's a uh, ticker symbol is BIL. Um, unfortunately, that's the, <laughs> that's our uh, managing director's name as well. The ticker just happens to be Bill, right? Yeah. Um, but a good and, alternative and spelled exactly. as well. Yeah, and right now it's yielding, you know, over 1.75. I think it's like 1.86 at the moment. Uh, don't hold me to that, but... Um, that is that is above, you know, it, it meets both of the criteria here. Still better than a bank, right? Or savings account, checking right. account, and it. But but uh, so so you're beating inflation. You are protecting your purchasing power. Um, but I would still try to diversify, as Jennifer recommended earlier. You know, with a with a ladder type investment. 
uh, in those types of securities. Yeah. Uh, if there's you got any, guys got anything more to add to that? Just know that there are different options, and just be careful of the names, since a money market and a money market fund are two different vehicles. So. Exactly. Yeah, and and even money market funds are not all the same now that we've had that regulatory action. So right. um, if you ran into questions with that, again, uh, Jennifer or uh, Peter will always be willing to help you, 770-429-9166. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.